Glory to God, glory to God. Well, welcome, 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 welcome. We're glad that all of you are here. You know, each time that we go through things in our, in our country, especially elections and all the different stuff that goes on, you know, you just see the, the climate of what goes around, what's coming around, what's happening. But thank God, hallelujah, that Jesus is still Jesus and Jesus is still Lord and he's still amazing, he's still wonderful. And you know, the thing that just kept coming up to me yesterday and uh, even this morning, I just was been praying, just praying, and, and I just kind of kept continually coming up, is that, you know, it's, we're still the triumphant church. We are still the triumphant church. We're still doing the things God's called us to do. And guess what? We, nothing changes for the church. We still have our priorities. We still have what we have to do, which is just really an understanding that we just have a lot more work to do than had planned. We just have a lot more things we can share. We just see there's a lot more confusion than uh, what we had thought. We thought there was more, people were coming to more senses than that. Well, you know, and we live in a... You know, we live in a, in, in, a, in a society and we live in a state that's really interesting right now with everybody, uh, you know, not on who they voted in, but, you know, the, 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 the things that they voted for. Uh, it's not the people they believe in, it's the things that they believe in that is concerning to me. And the thought process is that there's no uh, reasoning behind it. Uh, there's no sanctity of life behind it. <laughs> there's no... Uh, thought processes behind it. Uh, glory to God. What's important is this over here and this over here is not important. So uh, what we have to do is we have to grab a hold of ourselves. And uh, we have to realize what our job is and what our purpose is and what God's plan is for us. Amen. And, uh, and the wonderful thing is we just get to trust him. You know, when you look back in history and you look back at all the different times when the church was under fire, uh, it wasn't easy. There were difficult times, but uh, the wonderful thing about it, those that stood up and, and stood for the, for the Lord and stood for the things of God, they're the ones that we hear about and we read about today. So that's why we have to stand up for righteousness and truth. We just still got to keep proclaiming the truth. Amen? And uh, it's God's amazing, amazing thing. So if you turn in your Bibles to Ephesians, we're going to talk about the triumphant church. And uh, we may talk about this for a little bit, only because I just really felt impressed. Uh, so I went and I read uh, three quarters of the book, Triumphant Church, from, from Brother Higgin. And it's, you know, it's, it's a 300-page book. So I read 200 and some pages today, just looking at it and reading at it and checking it out and uh, uh, meditating on it. I'd read it before, but I read it, read it again and looking at it. And, you know, one of the biggest things in there is getting us to understand uh, who we are. You know, and he made a statement in there that just really, uh, I liked it a lot. And, and he said it several times. And he, he says, whether or not believers are victorious over the devil and all of the situation that's going on in the world depends on what view they have of themselves as the church. I'm going to read it again. Whether or not we as believers are victorious over the devil depends on what view we have of ourselves as the church. Now, how do you see yourself? Who are you? And who are we? And what are we endeavoring to do? And as we see ourselves as the church, that's how we have victory over the enemy. Amen? You know, 2 Corinthians chapter, uh, what, 2 verse 14 says, you know, God always causes us to triumph in Christ Jesus. 
Amen? 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 11 says that we're not ignorant of the devil's devices, that he's trying to divide, he's trying to be deceitful, he's trying to uh, get us to look at all the things that didn't happen or look at all the things that aren't happening or get us to look at all of the chaos instead of seeing all the good. And you have to understand that because we're in the earth, it is good. Because we're here. It is good because we have a good God. He is a good, 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 good God. Hallelujah. And we are the church triumphant. And you've got to see yourself as a triumphant being, but you've got to see it. What do I mean by it? It means that you're going to have battles. You're going to have, you know, warfare in this. But the warfare that the Bible talks about is not about a lot of things people in the church have really made it out to be. Because the biggest strongholds in warfares are in yours and my minds. It's how we think of ourselves. That's why I like this. Whether or not believers are victorious over the devil depends on what they view or what view they have of themselves as the church. What do you mean? What view do you have? Are we the triumphant church? Are we the struggling church? Are we the get by church? You know, are, are, you know did, what did Jesus do when he made a show of uh, Satan openly triumphing over him? What did Jesus do when the Bible says that, he, that Satan was brought to nothing? Amen. What, what, what are we looking at when Jesus went down, hallelujah, and he took the keys of death and hell from the Satan and he defeated him? Amen. What are we doing with when Jesus defeated him who had the power of death? Hallelujah. <laughs> Amen. We got to look at ourselves as that glory to God. The line just got thicker. In the sand, it just got thicker, you know, it just got thicker, it just was like, whoa, hey, there's light and there's darkness, you know, there's truth and there's lies, amen, and uh, we've got to stand for the truth, (laughs) you know, we look at this and we kind of go, wow, Uh, you know, because in, you know, in Ephesians chapter 2, you know, chapter one, it, it's so good. Ephesians chapter one, I read the book of Ephesians today too, just looking at it, reading it because it's just so good. And, uh, but in Ephesians chapter two, uh, let's begin reading at verse four. It says, but God who is rich in mercy, amen, for his great love wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together or made us alive together with Christ. For by grace are you, you are saved, amen? And hath raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. And if you don't have that underline in your Bible, you should. Because he has raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Because where is Christ seated? He's seated at the right hand of the Father, so you're seated at the right hand of the Father, Amen. So, you know, it's funny because when the Bible talks about in Ephesians chapter 6, it says, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but we wrestle against principalities and powers and might, you know, and spiritual wickedness, you know, you know here in high places and stuff. You know, we look at that and we say, well, we got to wrestle. We're going to be doing these things here. And, uh, but yet we got to always look at that wrestling and look at Ephesians chapter 6 in light of Ephesians chapter 1. Amen. Then I'll skip over to Ephesians chapter 1, look at verse uh 17 there, or actually verse 16 says, I cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. 
and that the eyes of your understanding be enlightened that you may know what is the hope of his calling and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints and what is the exceeding greatness of his power to us for it who believe according to the working of his mighty power which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead hallelujah and set him at his own right hand in heavenly places far above all principality and power and might hallelujah and dominion and every name that is named not only in this world but also in that which is to come and he hath put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things to the church which is his body the fullness of him that filleth all in all amen if you can't get excited about that well then we're just done hallelujah because satan is under our feet He's put all things under his feet and we're the body so he's under our feet. And here's the thing about it is, is that if you look at here where it says he's far above all principality and power and might and dominion. Amen. Well, we're far above all things. Yes, we do have to deal with the devil. Yes, there is a warfare. But thank God it's a warfare that we win. How many of you know that we're not in the conquering army? We are in the occupying army. Jesus already conquered him. That's why he made me and you more than conquerors. Amen. We don't have to conquer. You know, we're not the challenger trying to get something. We're connected to the champion. (laughs) Jesus got it for us. We need to take hold of what he's already gotten for us. Amen. See how well we understand who we are in Christ and what we have in him. That we're enforcing what God uh, did through the Lord Jesus Christ and what Jesus did for us. Amen. Aren't you glad for the power of the blood of Jesus? Aren't you glad that Jesus came? He lived, he died, and he defeated the devil. He took the keys of death and the grave. He took the power of the enemy, hallelujah, and defeated him. And he gave all authority and power to you and I. Amen. And so all Satan has right now is a big mouth. And what he does, he's very good at what he does. He's very deceptive. He is. I mean, did you know that when you look at all the names, you know, the Bible talks about all the names of God. Do you know that Satan has a lot of names in there too? It does. I mean, I can give you all these scriptures here, but I just want to give you his names. You know, one of the names, it says that he's our adversary. Amen. First Peter chapter five, you know that you have an adversary. You know, he walks around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Amen. He's like a roaring lion. He's not one. He's like one. He's got, like I said, he's got a big mouth, but to thank God, the Bible says whom we, we can resist. He's a thief. John 10, 10. Amen. He's a thief. Anything that comes to steal, kill, and to destroy is of the enemy. Yes. You need to understand that. Hallelujah. And anything that's just, you know, gets connected to that, it does the same thing. How I many you know he's a murderer and a liar? Yeah. Jesus said that in John chapter 8 when he called him. He said he's a father of lies and he's a murderer. Hallelujah. And this is his, this is his best thing he does. He's, he's a deceiver. I mean, come on. He deceived one-third of the angels in a perfect state. Perfect. They were created being, but he deceived one third of the angels to, to rebel out of heaven and get kicked out. I mean, that's a pretty good deceiver. It's one thing to deceive yourself, but it's a whole other thing to deceive a whole bunch of other folks. Amen. Hallelujah. We see all those things there. He's also an accuser of the brethren. So we're not going to walk around and accuse anybody. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Bible calls him an angel of light. Hallelujah. Bible calls him the prince of this world. 
<laughs> also calls him the prince of the power of the air. And he also calls him the god of this world system. I can give you scriptures for all of those. You know, but one thing that we can't do as the church. You see, when you, if you understand that your position, your view of you as the church, you can't take up a position of looking at how evil the world is. Because let me just share with you, the world's evil. And guess what? It's going to get darker. It's going to get more crazy. Can you believe that? I mean, I'm, I'm kind of thinking, how do, you, how do you get more crazy than allowing kids to pretend they're something else and, and, and letting them be that, letting other, everybody else pretend there's, and then catering to those things because they're catering to their feelings. We have a whole world of feelings right now. If it feels good, it's okay. And we know that we can't walk by feelings. We can't walk by sight. So we're going to be different. We've got to walk by faith. Amen. We've got to walk by what the word of God says. We've got to do what God's word says. You know, we've got to be the ones that's going to be, everybody's going to look at us as like, you know, we're the old fuddy-duddies. Amen. We're the ones that are bringing out the law. We're not bringing out the law. We're bringing out truth. Amen. And aren't you glad that we're not ignorant of Satan's devices? We're not ignorant of Satan's devices, which is his one, number one thing is to deceive us and to divide and conquer. And that's what he always does. We've always been divided. We've been divided, you know, in the aspect of believing the word of God and taking hold of the word of God and, and wanting to believe what God's word says. It's so amazing. And yet we need to just hook up where we can hook up and, and walk in the truth and walk in all the light that we have. Hallelujah. Uh, you know, but understanding what God, our part is in this. What is the church's part? He gave us authority on the earth. He gave us authority on the earth, but he also gave us authority over the enemy and over death and of hell. Hallelujah. He gave us authority there. Because he told us that whatever we bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Now, he's not talking about the third heaven. That nothing needs to be bound in heaven. You know that, right? He's not talking about heaven. Heaven, he's talking about the, uh, the sky. The Bible talks about three heavens. You got the atmospheric heaven right above here with the sky, right here. It's here. Then you got where the stars and the moons, that's the second heaven. And then you got the third heaven because Paul said, I was caught up to the third heaven and I got to see things that were answered that nobody should see. Amen? And so you understand that's where the throne of God is. So when the Bible says, he calls Satan the prince of the power of the air, he's just talking about uh, trying to rule and reign over here because Satan got that from Adam. You know, when Adam sold out there and Adam and Eve messed up. Even that's when Satan became the god of this world. You know, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, 4 says, whom the god of this world has blinded the eyes of those. Amen? We see those things. So we got an enemy that's arrayed. So what we got to do is we got to pray that people's eyes get opened. They've got to see the corruptness. They've got to see the destruction. They've got to see all, all that's going on. Hallelujah. And so we know that there, there, there's, there's an enemy that's arrayed against us, but we know his tactics. We know what he tries to do. Number one, he tries to get our eyes off of Jesus and onto all the circumstances. He tries to get our eyes on, on what didn't happen or what didn't come to pass or what isn't working instead of getting our eyes on what God said and what God is working and what God is doing. Amen? And we've got to continue to keep saying. Why? Because we've got to decide. It all depends on how we understand our position. Where are we looking from? Are we looking from the right hand of the Father looking down on the earth that all the stuff that needs to be fixed? Hallelujah. And that's okay. God's called us to go and to do what we can do to bring truth, to bring living water to a dry and thirsty land, to preach the gospel and see people born into the kingdom, to bring hope. Amen? Because a lot of people, they've lost a lot of hope. But thank God we can bring hope. See, remember, like I said, in 2 Corinthians 2.14, God always causes us to triumph in Christ Jesus. Amen? 
Because Jesus defeated the enemy. See, now when we say that, we kind of, yeah, but look at it. It's, it's, we don't win more often or we don't think we're triumphing more often because we've got our minds and our hearts set on other things instead of focusing on who, what kind of view do you have as the church? Are you the answer or are we the problems? Uh, y'all okay? Hey, I, I just pray on Wednesdays. I just pray, ask God to help and see what he needs to do. Hallelujah. <laughs> Because if you're going to rise above the circumstances, if we're going to rise above all the uh, yuck and everything else, we've got to understand from the position that we're at, and we've got to see ourselves seated at the right hand of the Father. And you know the wonderful thing about that? I never forget that when the Lord said, listen, you can't get any higher spiritually in your position in me. And I thought, wow. He said, because you're seated with me. Spiritually, you're here. Now, you're expen- experiential of experiencing me. Yes, you can grow. And now, can we grow spiritually? Absolutely. We better be growing spiritually. But our spiritual position, our legal spiritual position is seated at the right hand of the Father. No matter what you do on earth, unless you deny the Lord Jesus Christ, it never changes your position. It never changes your authority. It never changes your power. Now, it does change when you do things and you don't recognize it and you don't use it because you don't think you deserve it. I got great news for you. You don't deserve it. It wasn't because of you. It's because of Jesus. Hallelujah. You're not going on your merit. You got to go on his. Even in, you know, How many of you, even on your best day, you cannot impress God? Come on. But that's where grace comes in. That's where mercy comes in. That's where you begin to go, glory to God. I'm going to take advantage of where I'm seated. I'm going to take advantage from who I, who I belong to. I'm going to take advantage of who lives in me. I'm going to take advantage of, of, of my Christianity. I'm going to take advantage of my relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, of who I am in Christ. Hallelujah. I'm not coming in my own strength. The Bible never tells us to be strong in ourselves. Never. He said, you're supposed to be dead. How can you be strong in a dead person? You're supposed to have crucified yourself. The Bible always says, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Well, how powerful is he? He defeated the devil. He's defeated every. The Bible says, God kicked Satan out of heaven by his finger. And I believe it was a little finger. Just that's all it took to kick out Satan. And they crashed down to earth. And they've been messing up earth ever since. Amen? But glory to God. And then Jesus came and he defeated the devil. He defeated the devil while he was walking on the earth. And he defeated the devil after he got crucified. He went down and he took the keys. Hallelujah. Satan thought he had won and he realized he blew it. Because we see that over in 1 Corinthians chapter 2. You remember? Because 1 Corinthians chapter 2, it says, had the prince of this world known what was going to happen, he would have never crucified the Lord of glory. That's what the scriptures say. Had the devil known what he was doing by crucifying Jesus, that he was creating all of you and me? Oh, he would have just left Jesus alone, let him live forever. Because he had the presence of God just in one spot. But when Jesus got crucified, hallelujah, and he made it back to heaven, he sent the Holy Spirit, and that Holy Spirit began to live and to dwell on the inside of us. And every person that accepts Jesus gets the Spirit of God on the inside of him. And then when you get filled with the Holy Ghost, you become dangerous, hallelujah. Amen. So as the church triumphs, we've got to take hold of the truths of the Word of God and begin to walk in the light of our salvation. 
we need to walk in the light of our position, if you would. Amen? Amen. Because of our position, hallelujah, in Christ, then we can partake of God's strength, Christ's strength. We get, we get all the benefits. Amen? I mean, isn't that what Jesus said in John chapter 14? He said, my joy, I'm going to give to you. Not your joy. Not joy like the world gives, but I'm going to give you my joy. Amen? Hallelujah. His joy. Then he said, wait a minute, peace. I'm going to give you some peace. I'm going to give you my peace. Not like the world. I'm going to give you my peace. Whew. Amazing. Jesus said, I'm going to give you my joy and my peace. What do you think he did? Amen? And isn't it wonderful? Because in, in Romans, uh, I think chapter 15, verse 13, or chapter 13 and verse 15 says this. It says that, that in believing, we have joy and we have peace. Amen? In believing, we have joy and we have peace. Hallelujah. So when we walk in the light of our salvation, who are we going to fear? I mean, you know, God's brought us this far. He's going to continue to bring us. The church is going to go out in a blaze of glory. Yes, do I believe Jesus is coming back? Yes, I do. I believe he's coming back soon. How soon is that? Who knows? I mean, I, I, he can come anytime he wants to. There's nothing else. I mean, all these people want to say that it needs other things. There's nothing else that needs to be fulfilled. You need to know that. You need to know that. He's our, it's ready. It's right. The earth is right. Everything is here. Hallelujah. You know, uh, it's funny because, you know, we support a, a missionary in China that is undercover and under, goes into all, and he's up in northern, and just went into another uh, place and uh, got to a place of 30,000 indigenous people that are there that speak a different language, different dialect and everything else and, and don't have any kind of, never heard of the gospel, never, but we're in there, he's in there, got to preach the gospel of the whole village uh, hearing, hearing everything, we're, we're translating things into their languages and helping them. And, uh, you know, it, it's just unique of what, how God is sending people in every area and every aspect. Uh, but the whole earth is really covered in a lot of ways, too. We know that that's what everybody's wanting to do, making sure that every continent is covered by some kind of satellite thing so that everybody has an opportunity. But we hear these things because God's doing it. God's, God's honoring his word. Amen. But how do we view ourselves as the church, which is the authority that God's given unto us? Amen? Because how do we have authority? Well, who's behind our authority? Jesus, God himself. God himself is behind all of our authority. Jesus is behind all of our authority. All authority. He said, all authority is given to me. And he turned around and said, you go. I'm going to give it to you. Amen? Isn't that what Mark 13 says, verse 39, right around there, it says that the kingdom of God is like a man who left on a journey and gave authority unto his servants. Well, authority is awesome because authority is delegated power, which means we've got all of the authority, all of the power that Jesus had, had, and he gave it to us. Amen? And thank God, thank God, thank God, thank God he gave Jesus a name that's above every name and we are get to get tagged by that name because of who we are in Christ. The biggest thing is understanding who we are in Christ and understanding our view of our position and our place in the church. Amen? Because the church is what God has placed as authority here in the earth. 
So it doesn't matter. We're still, listen, we rose up in our authority whenever we were told not to be, not to start, or not to have church, and, not to, and we rose up and said, we're not doing this. And God protected us. God honored it. God blessed us in it because we finally took a stand. Amen? Well, we're still going to have to take stand. We're going to have to take more and more stands in the things of God. Hallelujah. Because we're not going to, we're not going to stop letting, we're not going to, you know, when I say we're not, we are not going to allow the ungodliness of the world to creep in with us. Amen? And here's the thing. God has promised us in every circumstance of our life, we get to have the victory. Even if we don't get the right results, the game ain't over yet. Amen? I mean, God gives us, in every circumstance of life, God always causes us to triumph. I love the word of God. Amen? But we need to believe that. What is our view? Our view is what God says, where he's at, what he's doing. Hallelujah. And and we all know this. How many of you know that you can know everything, you can have a great knowledge of everything, but if you never use it or put it into practice, it ain't no good. Man, you can know how to eat, but if you don't eat, you're going to die. You know, if you're waiting for somebody to cut that up and stick it in your mouth, come on, you lazy thing. You cut it up yourself, eat it, you can eat that sucker. Learn how to eat. Learn how to take hold of it. You know, we know that truth not acted upon doesn't work. Amen? We've got to stir up the gift of God on the inside of us. Hallelujah. And the wonderful thing about it, how much triumph, I mean, how much triumph did Jesus have over the enemy? I mean, man, you know, we know that he, the Bible says in, in Colossians 2.15, it says that he, he triumphed over him, making a show of him openly in front of all, he, he triumphed. In fact, go over to Colossians, go over to Colossians. You guys let me quote scriptures and y'all just sit there. <laughs> all right, look at that. In the King James, it says, and having spoiled principalities and powers, he made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it. I like the word triumph, because triumph is not just, he didn't just win. He defeated them, crushed them, and then picked them up and paraded them in front of everybody else and said, see, he is totally humiliated and annihilated. Amen? Amen. And here's the thing about it, in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, when it says they would have never uh, crucified the Lord of glory, but it says that they, you know, that, that, that Satan was brought to naught, or in the King James, brought to nothing. Well, if he defeated the devil, wiped him out, and brought him to nothing, I could stand up here and throw nothing at you all day, and would that hurt you? Pretty soon you'd just say, you know, this is a joke. But the enemy has a lot of hot air. And he uses a lot of people. Amen? And, but if you'll understand that Jesus' triumph is your triumph, so that when the enemy says something, listen, never let the enemy have the last word. Never let the enemy have the last word. And see, some of you, and, and I'm not going to pick on you ladies, but I am. You know, when you text... I realize this. If I text and you text and I text, I know you, you have to text and I have to not text because you'll keep texting. You have to be the last person to comment. So you're, you're good at this. Now, guys, we need to be a little better at talking to the enemy, okay? We got to make sure that we don't let, let, them, let him have the last word. We got to make sure we get the last word in. Ladies are good at that. They're going to make sure they get the last word in. 
Amen. They just do. They're good at that. But us guys, we've got to be a little better. You know, we just got to make sure never let the devil have the last thought. Never. Never let the devil have the last thought before you go to sleep. Ever. You have a thought of praise. You have a thought of the word of God. You have a thought of joy. You have a thought of peace. You have a thought of what God's going to do. Never. Just don't go to sleep until you get the right last thought. Hallelujah. And if he's bothering you, wake up and you praise and you worship and say, oh, if you want to do this, we're going to do this all night long. I'm going to be really ready for tomorrow. And he'll, he'll, he'll stop because he don't want you to be that powered. He don't want you to be excited about God. You know, he doesn't know. Hallelujah. <laughs> he doesn't want that at all. He'll get really, real excited at you. If you, if you. Every time he wakes you up, you start praying, praying in tongues, worshiping God, he'll, he'll let you sleep. Here's one of the biggest keys. Here's the biggest key about realizing this. And, and it's so amazing to me about people is that uh, uh, we have a hard time with this. And of course, it's something that this church, we know, you know, this is church is all about. But the biggest key is it's a simple little word, word called faith. It's called trust, faith. It's actually believing and having enough faith and enough trust to actually say with your mouth what the Word of God says, and no matter what the circumstances are going on, but saying what you believe. Amen? It's truly saying, I believe this. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. And so many people struggle to be victorious because they think they have to fight to get places instead of realizing, wait a minute, I've already won. Victory is mine. This is just the enemy trying to steal something. See, if you know something's yours and then somebody comes and says, hey, I'm, you got to get out of this. This is my house. And no, this is my house. I've been paying on it. I got the deed. Got my name on it. No, you're not going to take my house. And somebody says, well, that, you know, I'm just going to take your car because, you know, you don't need it anymore. No, this is my car, you know, because it's ours. But we've allowed the enemy to come and to deceive us and to think that we're not supposed to have it. Or we're not supposed to have the right, or we really don't deserve it. And the enemy always tries to come and to get us to think that, well, maybe God doesn't want me to have it. Come on. You know, why don't we have more billionaires in the body of Christ? It's because they don't think they're supposed to be. Thank you for your overwhelming response. It's truth. You know, and, and I do realize that, you know, he, I always used to tell this all the time to folks. I said, listen, poverty is not the great test of Christianity. Prosperity is the great test of Christianity. You know, because you know my wonderful story about Dr. Summer on the guy, but let him get fired and go back to the tail of the other because he didn't want to pay his tithes. You know, when he, we didn't have a job, we only making $50. That $5 was no big deal. But when he started making 500 that $50 was a big deal. So Brother Summerall said, no problem. We'll just get you fired from that $500 job, get you back to the 50 so you'll be in the will of God. And the guy, you know, he realized, no, 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 no. I understand. No problem. I want this other job. It's good. That's okay, Brother Summerall. We're good. But, you know, you look at this because prosperity does because all of a sudden then it becomes like, oh, there's, there's, there's a, a, a little more stretch in it in, in what's happening. Glory to God. Amen. But the reason we struggled about Getting living victorious. The reason we struggle about victories is because we don't live from a victory. We're not living from our position in Christ. I want to go back to that. The reason and what depends on how we can be victorious over the devil is the view that we have of ourselves as the church. 
See, if you understand that you're the church, you're the body of Christ, that you're in him, that you, everything, everything that Jesus bought and paid for belongs to you, everything that he did, he gave to you, glory to God, and he gave to you all things so that we could freely enjoy all the, and that we could defeat the enemy in every aspect of our life. And we, and we can, we can, hallelujah. But the problem is, is that the enemy knows how to deceive you. He knows how to get you into wrong thinking and wrong believing. Because if he can get you into wrong thinking and wrong believing, then he gets you into wrong talking. <laughs> so he's messed you up big time. Because you know, then you're receiving what you're saying and you're like, I don't understand why my life is a mess. It's because if you look at what you're saying, you realize you've been saying your life's a mess. <sighs> Amen. See, God said faith. He said everything we do has to be based on the faith of believing that what God said is true. And sometimes it's so hard, you know? Because everything Jesus did for us is ours. Everything, all of the promises of God, everything is yes and amen. Everything is it. But we appropriate those promises in our lives by faith. We receive by faith. Amen? I mean, how hard is it to believe for something that already belongs to you? Pretty easy, right? I mean, it's yours. I mean, I could take Jim's notebook and say, okay, you know, how hard is it for Jim to believe that's his notebook? He's got it in his hand. He's writing in it. I don't know what he's writing, but he's writing in it. He's doing good. But you know, amen. You know, how hard is it to believe that what you have is yours? How hard is it to believe that what belongs to you is already yours? So if healing belongs to you, how hard is it to believe for healing? If, if, if God said, I'm going to meet and supply all of your needs, I'm going to do it abundantly, how hard is it to believe that he'll do that? But here's the key. It's as hard as believing the word of God on it. So it's like God said, sow and you reap, so it's so hard to let go in order to receive. But the same thing about this, if it's not hard to believe for something that you know belongs to you. And if you know it belongs to you, you're going to go after it. I mean, how many of you growing up, your brothers and sisters took something that was yours and you knew it was yours? I mean, some of you, you may have had security blankets when you were growing up. You had things that were yours. They were your silkies. You know, they were what you hang on to. That's what you went to bed with. It was your teddy bear. You know, and... Uh, <laughs> You know, my two sons, bless their hearts, they like to torture their little sister. So they used to hang her teddy bear over the edge of the banister, you know, hang in the teddy bear. I mean, come on, guys. That's her teddy bear. What are you picking on her for? You know, and then she'd get all upset and cry, man, then they'd get in trouble. But they used to, they did it all the time. They used to take her teddy bear and hang it over. The, and they just thought that was the coolest thing, to hang that teddy bear by a belt or, or a rope or whatever. And they got in trouble. But that's like, this is cool. Let's just torture our little sister. You know, and I know none of you would ever do that, but they, they just thought that was, you know, I thought, you know, but now that didn't stop Sarah from going after him. That didn't stop her from going up there and trying to, trying, trying to beat him up both. And even though she was four or five years younger than both of them, that didn't stop her, you know, because she knew that there was an authority behind her, that if she cried, they were in trouble, but they did it anyway. So they still got, but you know. But she go out because it was hers. Amen? You know, we let the devil steal from us all the time. And we need to stop 
allowing the wrong thinking and the wrong believing, hallelujah, to, to defeat us and to stop us from doing what God's called us to do. Amen? We really, really do. Because, listen, we are going to finish this thing. We are. We're going to bring back the king. We are the generation that's going to bring back the king. I believe that with all of my heart. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So I don't want to magnify the battle. I want to magnify the triumph. Because we win. We win. God said, hallelujah. And so the, the biggest battle that we have is in our minds. It's the warfare of what we have. It's the strongholds. I think that's what we're going to probably talk about uh, you know, going forward with this and some things is because we've got to learn how to fight the good fight of faith. We've got to learn how to have right spiritual warfare, how to defeat the enemy in every aspect. Because there's an enemy. I mean, Satan, he, you know, he got kicked out of heaven, came down, and he's been deceiving the earth ever since, and he knows his time is short. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. And it's even shorter now. So he's, he's, that's why he's ramped everything up. He's ramped it all up. He's just ramped it all up and said, hey, let's do this. Let's do all this. And it's like, okay, well, praise God. All right, so you've ramped it all up. But glory to God, thank God for the word of God. We know where we're going and we know where he's going. When he starts to talk to you about your future and all the things and all the junk that's going on, you need to start talking to him about his future. You need to tell him, listen, I read in the back of the book, some big old angel's going to grab you, wrap you up in chain, throw you into a lake of fire, buddy. You're in trouble. You're going to burn forever. Hallelujah. And, I'm, and I read the other day, I'm going to live forever with Jesus. And we're going to have a great time. We're going to get a new heaven and a new earth. God's going to do supernatural things, and it's going to be fun. And we're going to be reminded, hallelujah, of how bad you're doing. Hallelujah. And I'm hoping that we get to walk around there once in a while and just go, ha, ha, ha. Don't know if God's going to let us do that or not. Probably not because he wants to wipe away all those things, but it sure would be fun. Because did you know the Bible says this about the enemy? Let's close on this. The Bible says this about the enemy. It says when we actually see him, we're going to go, is this he? It's going to shock us what he looks like. And and we're going to be shocked. This is the one that shook the nation. This is the one that defeated everybody. Oh, my gosh. How? How did he do that? And this is the guy that I let lie to me all that time. This is the guy that robbed me from the things I should have had and could have had. Amen. No, no, no. Praise God. We, we're going we're gonna to march on. We're going to let God be God. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you and praise you because of your grace and your mercy. Lord, I love you and I magnify your name and I do want to keep my eyes set on you and be reminded of how great you are and how wonderful you are. Oh, I love you, Lord. I just love you and I praise you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Lord. Father, thank you for all these folks that are here and thank you for all those that are watching. Hallelujah. Because I just wanted to come out and say, listen, we are still the church triumphant and we're going to finish being the church triumphant. So, Lord, thank you for that. Thank you for touching lives. In Jesus' name, amen. And amen. Well, we're going to receive this evening's tithes and offerings. Worship God with our giving. Amen. So if you need an envelope, they're right there in the seat pockets in front of you. I'm going to be doing mine on, on my phone. How about what I usually do on um, Wednesday nights? Hallelujah. I always have to pay attention. That's the thing. Amen. <laughs> Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. 
I love to give, I love to sow, so I make sure I always have an opportunity. Never let anything go by, because that way, if I keep on casting my bread upon the water, it comes back on every wave. So I figure, if every time I have an opportunity to sow or give, I give, that means every time that I'm expecting something to return, God will always, I got seed out there. Hallelujah. I can expect things on every wave. Hallelujah. And I'm expecting that. So let's pray over this offering. Father, in the name of Jesus, we honor you and love you. Thank you for the privilege we have to sow seeds into the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. And thank you for we can bring our tithes and offerings, worshiping you with our giving. Thank you, Father, as each one purposes in their hearts to give. So let them give. Lord, we just rejoice in you. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And amen. Ushers, go ahead. Let's receive this offering. Hey, I do have one prayer request for tonight. Uh, uh, Brother Self was taken to emergency uh, today, and he's being admitted into the hospital. Uh, For those of you who don't know who he is, Brother Self is 92 years old, and he's just been a sweetheart, uh, you know, member of our church for many, many years, and him and Glenda are real precious. So we are... uh, we're just trusting the Lord. We, we, we meet every, we were supposed to meet today. We didn't get a chance to meet today because he had to get taken into ER. And, um, uh, but, um, you know, it, it, it's amazing because like he said, he said, well, I'm ready. I just tell the Lord, hey, I'm ready. Let's do this. I said, well, let, give us a little notice here. We can do it. He's like, hey, I mean, if you live to be 92, you have a choice. And, uh, <laughs> but I told him, I said, listen, you can go to heaven as long as you go to heaven without being sick. Without having any kind of pain or anything, you got, you got, if you're going to go, we're going to go right. We're going to go through the gates and we're not going to go through the jaws. And so I'm believing that with him and trusting him. And so they're going to find out what's kind of going on. I kind of think he's just wearing out a little bit. And uh, so, so lest you think you're old, you ain't old. Okay, if you're not 92 or anywhere close, hallelujah. Uh, you know, and he's, you know. He said, well, I still got to reach one more. I said, yeah, you got to reach one more. Let's just do this. We got to hand out one more bag of candy and a track. Let's do this. It's what we do every week. We witness to every person we come in contact with. I said, let's do this. So, but I want you just to keep on prayer. I said, well, how do we pray? You just pray that God's mercy and his grace. You also pray that the doctors have wisdom to find out what's, what the scoop is going on. They're going to find out and see what's happening. And so we're believing Hallelujah, for his grace. and God's either going to raise them up and allow him to, to live a little longer and have fun. Or hallelujah, we're going to have a glorious home going. One of the two. He's a blessing and I love him. He's very dear. You know, we've been meeting for coffee once a week for 25 years. And, uh, uh, you know, and the Lord told me to honor him back in the day uh, because he pastored about 18 different churches up and down Washington and Oregon and California, and he would go where no one else would go. I mean, he's even pastored in Blythe. And if you've ever been to Blythe, California, God, that's the one of the most God for, I've been to Blythe. Anybody else been to Blythe? That's, a, that's I mean, back, you just, there's nothing there. You gotta, I mean, I was like, whew, you got to be called to go to Blythe. And he got called down there to a place that was just, they owned, you know, Church of God owned a building down there. Nobody was there. He just, he went down there and started, and the church is still going today. And uh, he baptized 10 or 12 people in a, in a canal there someplace. And uh, he just has unique stories, and he's a blessing. And so the Lord said, you honor him, and you be a blessing to him. And... Uh, uh, and you know we will, and so it's 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 a really good thing. 
I told him, I said, you know, you've actually had six or seven lives because, you know, he's, he was an iron worker all these years plus a pastor. And he'd always say, I'm a pastor that su- supplements his income by being a full-time iron worker. I said, yes, amen, you are. And, uh, I mean, I think he had his back broke twice. He's had two heart attacks that we've prayed him through, all kinds of other things, huge automobile accidents and stuff. And he's just made it through it. He's still walking, talking, and, and full of life. So, whereas, like I said, I say, well, you're just here being a blessing. And, uh, and he's handed out more tracts for Harvest Bible Church than our whole church combined. Okay? Uh, and I know that because I've had to print them. Amen? So, <laughs> so, hallelujah. But anyways, I want you to just, you know, so we're believing and uh, we want to lift up Glenda too, you know, because she's been taking care of him for the last 20 years. So it's a blessing. Amen? All right, guys, let's all stand up. I love you. God loves you. All of you watching, be blessed. We'll see you guys next week. I see you Sunday. Amen.